and welcome to the podcast. I'm Kayleen. And I'm Anna. And we're Entrepreneurs, a podcast by two gay idiots navigating owning and operating their own businesses in the midst of end stage capitalism. Hello, welcome. Everyone. Welcome to the show, everyone. Um, we have a very, uh, today's a very special day because we have a very special guest. Um, we uh, are joined for the first time by a third voice on this podcast. Um, I wanted to introduce the lovely uh, Barry Schwartz, who is the founder of My House Events, uh, currently in New Orleans and coming to Los Angeles very soon. Um, woo! Uh, thank you for joining us, Barry. <laughs> Thank you. I'm so honored and excited yeah. to be here. So you're, we're going to take you on the full journey of an Entrepreneurs episode. It's and a then... journey. You're going <laughs> to need to dissociate a little bit. And <laughs> you're not going to remember. I'm, I'm ready for you're this not journey. Gonna remember <laughs> any of this. <laughs> yeah, we Great. fully we fully um, forget everything that we say once we stop recording. Our friend, a friend of ours, just did a long road trip um and binged like the entire first season and was like live texting me as she listened and i was like i don't know what you're talking about i have no, <laughs> I have who no said idea. that this play-by-play -play is not who said her. that <laughs> who i was like oh i mean okay glad it's resonating i guess but i have no idea i love that yeah that's yeah. great so <laughs> that's how good things it's go. true it's true <laughs> Um, but yeah, so we were talking a little bit before about um, our current uh, our current late summer coping methods and um, just how important coffee and coffee shops are to us. So, so Anna, what's your mm -hmm. what's your uh, what's your coffee experience? Man, right I'm trying to like not be addicted. Um, so I didn't drink coffee for like a week. And then, uh, yesterday I went to a coffee shop and cried because it tastes so good. Um, <laughs> so yeah. Um, and then like I had another coffee a few hours later and I probably said some very questionable things to the barista about like committing petty crime and they were like, can you go to jail for that? And I was like, not if you don't get caught. Um, but like, I, <laughs> I don't know. So I feel like, um, yes, I enjoy it. Is it good for the people around me? That's another question. Yeah. What is your, go what is your coffee, coffee order of choice right now? Oh, man. I, it's so basic, but it's so good. I've been having a mocha. Okay. Whoa. I thought you were gonna say I, I thought you were gonna that. say the gay staple, which is the lavender oat milk latte. Well that's what I have been doing, but then they didn't have lavender syrup. They they're like we have mocha and then I had that and I was like, I've been sleeping on this. Um so. Mocha, mocha, I feel like is such a gateway coffee because it's like, oh, did you like chocolate milk as a child? Of course you did. <laughs> Let's totally. give you chocolate milk with uppers. <laughs> I don't think I've ever had. Oh one. yeah. Well, what is your? Do you do you drink coffee? Are you a coffee person? I'm. A, yeah. Yes, I I like can't even believe you win a week without coffee. <laughs> I like don't know what that would feel like. I used to try to like my family's Jewish, and I would try to do the fast thing on Yom Kippur, and like I literally like would never be able to do it because my head hurt so bad from not drinking coffee. I was like, oh, fasting not a problem. Like missing coffee in the morning cannot do it. 
I do think, so I've been, like, switching over now that I'm in Los Angeles. Like, in New Orleans, I was very used to, like, they really didn't have non-dairy alternatives at every coffee shop I would go to, and I would feel ridiculous asking. And in L.A., I've started doing a matcha latte with oat milk, Ooh. and I keep asking them, do you have, um, like, any non-dairy alternatives or oat milk? And they look like... They look at me like I'm the stupidest person ever for asking that. They're like, yes, what seven kinds of non-dairy alternatives I, do you want? I've been wanting to get into matcha. I've ended up on, like, matcha TikTok, and it's so cathartic to watch people, like, whisk it and, like, pour it. It's and, so like, good. I tried to get a matcha last week, but then the, the coffee shop was closed. Like, not even just, like, oh, we're done. It's like, oh, no, we're, like, call this number for pies. Oh, I know. Sad. Oh God, oh, sad. <laughs> um, well, if you if you get some matcha when you come to visit, my um, milk frother also doubles as a matcha whisk. So Ooh, yeah, cool. so that's my thing. Is I I haven't really been venturing out of the house too much except for for work. So I've turned my kitchen into a coffee shop. I have syrups. I have a milk frother. I dug my. Of course I you dug do. my like super fancy Nespresso out of the closet, which like, like it was something I stopped using <gasps> years it. ago because the pods were too expensive, and so I but I like couldn't let it go because it's like the nicest appliance that I own. Um, Listeners, I, 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 I was offended <laughs> when I found out that Kayleen had this, and I have lived with this woman for months on end, and I did not know she had a fancy coffee maker i we exchanged some words but we're gonna yeah. we're gonna make it um, up so it's back it's it's back <laughs> it's functional i got some pods i found a tiktok tutorial on how to like make your own pods so i don't have to keep spending like make your own yeah pods. The, yeah the, for, cool. so that you can just like refill them yourself um so oh, yeah that. i've been and i've been doing my favorite syrup right now is brown sugar cinnamon um, and I've been doing that Ooh. with oat milk and I, I still keep the like cool brew squeezy coffee, which I know is very much a new Orleans thing, um, in the fridge totally. just in case, but it's, or to top it off if it like gets too watered down. But Kayleen, yeah, did you get the ice cubes that look like badge? Not yet. <laughs> I, I sent her, I sent her a TikTok of someone who had gotten like one of those like ice cube molds and it's like a rose petal but it's like a rose but it looks it looks very vaginal <laughs> that sounds amazing that's hilarious so we'll see we'll see how far i go on this journey of 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 silly um coffee uh, like home accoutrement i feel like you can go very so far too. <laughs> listeners it is not silly these tiktoks she is sending me are deeply emotional about like these girlfriends making each other coffee and it's just like wow that is ex an extreme amount of love and care that is going yeah. into this coffee you, it makes yeah, me feel really... like alone <laughs> <laughs> It's it's like a new love yeah. language. Shout out, shout out to Sai loves frogs on TikTok because she makes her girlfriend coffees and films it and talks about how much she loves her girlfriend and makes everyone really emotional. Because I was like, I literally just cried, and Kayleen was like, Oh, this is the one that made me cry, and I was like, Oh, thank God, I'm not the only one like weeping about these like emotional morning coffees. Like, oh, fuck. Oh my God. I will. I will. It's really beautiful. She, t yeah. Um, I'm just like, oh, I'm not the only one who's like, um, 
the reason to get out of bed some mornings is just like coffee <laughs> oh that's right? the only it's reason true. like oh yeah the world is bleak but there is caffeine yeah a hundred that's why i'm switching to the magics it's like my afternoon yes. like i i make my coffee at home and then i'm like i want to do something different even though it gets me more matcha does coffee i think there yeah. might be oh yeah i don't know if there's more caffeine or what but it actually gets me like that feeling when i first started yeah drinking coffee like it hits I different i am getting like a second hand yeah. high just like hearing you this i'm like oh yeah <laughs> what does it feel nice. like <laughs> you just started <laughs> Tell me. <laughs> it's 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 a new thing. I'm like, I need my matcha. But it's like six no, it's like up to eight dollars in LA, oof. which is oof, quite it. I don't do yeah. it very often. You know, little treats. Little treats. Yeah. All right. All right. Cool. Um we're gonna go into tarot time. If I think it's time. I think it's time for tarot time. What's our deck, Kayleen? Um, I'm still on the wild unknown. Uh which is uh Hang on time listeners. Can we talk about your what? tattoo real quick? Oh yeah, yeah. Ooh. I got a new tattoo this weekend. Um, it was not Let's a tarot tattoo. It's on my ankle. You can see it on my Instagram. I don't know if you're... Yeah, okay. um, I. it's on my ankle, so I can't, like, show it to the Zoom real easily. But um, my one of my tattoo artists that I really love to go to in town, Stacy at Treasure Tattoo, if you're ever in New Orleans, hit her up because she's amazing. Um, she did a, a tattoo for me a couple years ago, which was a... Uh, Ouija board planchette that says asking for a friend um, that I love and I get so many compliments on but the other day she made a post about how much she loves doing hand-drawn tattoos like where she just draws like directly on your body and then tattoos what she's drawn um, oh, but cool. that like obviously that's not something she gets to do very often because it requires like a certain amount of like trust um, so she was like uh, I'm going to do a special. I've got 10 spots on my on my schedule. And for $200, I'll do a hand-sized drawn-on tattoo if you guys just – if you just bring, like, ideas and we'll figure it out. She's like, I'll tell you if it's something cool. that I think I can't do. I'll be honest about, like, my skill. Um, and so I, like – I was like, yeah, I'm doing that. And so I came in with a list of ideas, uh, and we chose. Like literally, I wrote. I wrote down for one of them pirate shit, and she was like, "Let's do a buccaneer lady." So I have this beautiful little buccaneer woman on my ankle. Um, cool. I, I love her. She. I didn't. Yeah, Anna was like, "I didn't know you needed her." <laughs> we all love her. We <laughs> yeah. all want to date her. Oh. Yeah. Every- <laughs> Everyone I showed her to initially was like, oh, I'd go out with her. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to check your Insta right now. I'm getting my first tattoo. Oh, exciting. I where New are you? Orleans. I just, I just where booked are you going? it. Um, Monet. With oh, me. I don't know. I don't know them. She she does hand poke tattoos in St. Rock okay. neighborhood. And I um, last March got a dog and I've always not liked dogs my whole life and something like changed within me weirdly and like I got a dog and didn't know anything about it or really think through what I was doing and it's changed my life and I really think manifested all these life changes that I magic dog Um, (laughs) magic dog so and she has a really my dog's name is Nova and she has a super unique eye um with like this white spot so I'm gonna get an eye behind my I love that and stick and poke that is badass yeah I love the stickies. I'm very excited. Yeah, I've got so many tattoos that, like, are, are, like, I'm in the planning stages for. And so at first I was like, oh, am I doing, like, 
a weird like oh i feel like i'm like skipping the line on all these tattoos i wanted for a long time for a random pirate lady but it seems right well kayleen has had a whole pirate phrase that i didn't unbeknownst to me I, so. I I went through, there was a big phase of my life in high school, which I just, which is just like my pirate phase. I like was obsessed. I was obsessed Hell with yeah. pirates. It was right around the time Pirates of the Caribbean came out and I was a theater kid. So like the intersection of that and also just like an internet fandom nerd at the time, like, and it just like, uh, amazing. yeah, I, 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 I was like Jack Sparrow multiple years for Halloween and like. <sighs> My friend and I choreographed a full sword fight sequence, like our junior year of, of high school. And, like, I had of multiple like did. hot topic pirate shirts, and I was definitely known as like the pirate girl. Some girls are horse that's, girls, and I was amazing. a pirate girl. <laughs> yeah, when I found I that, that out, I was pissed I hadn't met her during that phase. I was like, "What do you mean? I didn't meet you in your pirate." <laughs> What? It was de- it was you deeply still- uncool. You still have deeply- the costumes. No, Come no, on. those have not uh I need to rebuild my costume collection. I've had I had I had a house fire since then. I had to throw a lot of stuff out because of smoke damage. But uh, oh, yeah. typical pirate it's- shit. All of my costumes <laughs> burned <laughs> in the fire. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um so yeah, pirate phase. Uh oh god. I feel like we could do a whole other uh, show about, or we could do a part of it. We could do a whole other segment on just like pirate weird show. shit we were into in high school, or what we were known for in high school. How you can pirate your business? Definitely, <laughs> pirate mentality. Take, take in business. the swagger. <laughs> <laughs> Plunder your enemies. <laughs> Oh, you guys are good. <laughs> Matcha anyway. time, baby. All right, tarot. 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 All right, we're back to tarot time. Um, so yeah, I'm. I've got the wild unknown because it's uh, the one that's sitting on my desk right now. Which longtime listeners know, this is the deck that I learned on. Um, queer artist Kim Kranz created this. Um, and it's one of my favorites. I have tattoos of this as well. Um, and so, yeah. Let we're recording see. in Virgo season. We're recording at the top of Virgo season. Barry, you're a Virgo. 911, baby. Yay. Um, so we've got, uh, we don't know when this is going to come out, but we're probably sometime in October or November. Sure. Um, so we're just going to trust that the deck is going to give us the card that, um, us and the collective need for that time. So let's see. Ah, this is good. Um, we have the lovers. Mm. Yeah. Two, so two listeners, geese. this is a two geese flying in, flying in the sun. In a rainbow. Um, in a rainbow. Very gay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this is a great card for partnerships, um, whether they're romantic or otherwise. This is a really great time to like, uh to take stock of the the or as uh, what um as a take inventory as anna has pointed out is one of my favorite phrases. you say take stock too take stock take inventory do an audit 
of the important relationships in your life. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really a good time to kind of examine where your energy is flowing and what energy is flowing towards you in terms of like the people that you interact with the most and the teams that you're a part of. Um, it's a really good time too to uh, maybe open yourself up to creating new partnerships. Like if there are people on the horizon or like on the edges that you like are curious about. It's cuffing season. It's cuffing season. (laughs) See what you can, um, see how you can link up with the people who like pique your curiosity. Ooh, love that. That feels very relevant. Yeah. Yeah. Anna, do what do you think when you get the lovers? Um, I always go romantic. Uh, yeah. I feel like anytime I pull the lover, I read reverse. Um, oh, yeah. I feel like anytime I pull the lovers, it's reverse. And I'm just like, oh, no. Eh. <laughs> I'm like, eh. Okay. Nope. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't know. Um, I like it, but I feel like in my readings, the cards that show up more romantically, I'll get like ace and two of cups. Um, the lovers doesn't show up for me that much, but I, yeah. yeah. Like Usually it. it shows up for me as like a specific person, but mm-hmm. um, it's a good, it's a good uh, card to get regardless. Nice. Okay. All right. Um, okay. So I think we're going to dive right in. Cool. Set the table. We are serving the main dish. If everybody's into it. Um, Okay, so today we so we have our very special guest Barry. Um, so just full disclosure, Barry is the owner of a company that I work for, um, and we've been working together since like 2018, I think, in various capacities. Um, yeah. Before um, I met Barry, I was a like more of a freelance wedding and event coordinator and or I did it for like uh, theater companies that I worked for in kind of a more unofficial capacity um and uh when yeah Yeah. Barry Barry got me into like into the world like really deep into the world of weddings and like corporate events and all that I I saw Kayleen and reeled her in. Yeah, I started out working like very much kind of just like on call for you guys. And then in the last year um, have joined the team in a a bigger sense, which is really exciting. But I just I wanted to talk. Yeah, when we were talking about guests, Barry was one of the first people I thought of because like who else to like talk about um, like starting and growing and scaling a business. So can, why don't you um, tell us about how My House Events, like, first started? Because I think this story is great. Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So um, My House Events started in 2011, wow. which is wild. It's been almost a decade. Um, and the company okay. started, basically, I started it, and I had moved to New Orleans um, after graduating from University of Michigan. I had never left Michigan before and knew I wanted to be on a big old adventure, and kind of last minute my senior year of college, I had always had Oakland, California in my mind, and I went on a trip to New Orleans and was like, oh no, this is where I need to be. And I definitely thought it was going to be a temporary adventure. I was under like a lot of pressure. It was right, like kind of that coming out of the recession period. A lot of my friends had jobs lined up. I was like, kind of like 
not very confident that I didn't know what I wanted to do or be. And I was waitressing at this restaurant called oh, Coquette, yeah. which is a really good high-end, um, f- like, French kind of vibes um, restaurant in the Lower Garden District. And I didn't know what I wanted to do. I definitely wasn't like, I'm starting a company. And I started, um, I was running food. So I was like the person bringing the food out from the kitchen to people's tables. And I was spending a lot of time talking to people in the kitchen. And there was this really cool girl named Nini Nguyen, whose family um, is Vietnamese from New Orleans East. And she was a super amazing cook. And she said to me, Barry, you're a hustler. And I have a feeling you can sell tickets to dinner parties. How about I cook my family's Vietnamese food, you promote it, you live in a cool place, we can do it at your house. And I kind of took the idea and ran with it. We ended up selling like 75 tickets at this dinner at my house. And this was before. So did you have like a yard? Where did people go? I'm going to a pop-up. Like that (laughs) wasn't really a thing. whoa no we had like basically we set it all up in the house and like made these tables and did different two different seatings and family style and totally winged it like totally winged it and she was just like after we were kind of like hanging out after the event and she was like barry you and like other chefs came to the dinner that were her friends they were like wait i have this menu or like my family is of this descent and i'd love to showcase their food and i just started doing these pop-ups with a rotating character of chefs and it was really fun and really cool but i in my head i was like what's the thing that I can do that's more a legal business? Because I was always like, that seems like I can't sell alcohol out of my house for that long, you know? And during that time was when there was the food truck craze um, happening mostly in Portland and Austin. And I did a big road trip with friends, and I was like, New Orleans has, like, three food trucks, like, but that would be super cool to start a food truck lot. And I started um, working on this business plan, and kind of like was all over the place and hustling it and started doing food truck festivals on empty pieces of property. And this is, you know, a few years after Hurricane Katrina and the city was a different landscape than it is now. And there was a lot of empty land. And actually where Kayleen used to work, Southern Rep Theater was an abandoned church. And we did like a whole movie inside of it with like sell it having food trucks outside in the parking lot, doing really cool stuff. But the food trucks and myself, if it rained, or if there was a Saints game and I wasn't aware of it because I'm not a sports person, anything, you know, if it wasn't perfect conditions, I would still have to charge them a small fee. They would be not as happy with it. I was, like, not really sure how I could actually make a living doing it as my full-time thing. So I was trying to think through what I could do next, and it kind of just came to me. Microsoft was having a 10,000-person conference in New Orleans, and they saw a local article in NewOrleans.com about food truck festivals and reached out to me, and they were like, can you provide food trucks for this conference? Hell yeah. And I said, absolutely, (laughs) even though I had no idea what I was doing. And I still remember the woman who worked at Microsoft Corporate in Seattle. I, like, felt really guilty because I was taking a percentage of the truck's fee, so I didn't want to charge Microsoft, so I told her it would be a $100 coordination fee, and she actually laughed in my face and was like, I'm going to add an extra zero for you, hon. Like looking <laughs> looking back, <laughs> I could have charged it a lot more money. Um, and all the trucks and myself, it was like the happiest they were. It felt like I was really providing a niche, which was like economic development and support and access to like different revenue streams. And then for me, I was like, wow, this could totally be a full-time thing. 
And that was kind of like the genesis of my house events. And it's changed a lot over the years. During that same time of the Microsoft event, I met my now business partner on an airplane. We were sitting next to each other and she, I'm a talker and I just kept talking about how I didn't know anything about how to charge or how to keep track of money or my books. Wow. And she had just finished an MBA and was like, okay, let's meet for coffee. I can help you with this. This isn't a big deal. And um, things kind of all shifted from there. Like we honed in on this idea of really working with chefs to connect them to private events and working with event holders to connect them to much cooler food opportunities. And I come from like a pretty like social justice minded background. I always thought I was going to go into nonprofit work and from the beginning was really clear that I wanted to be mission focused. So we work with mostly black, brown and women chefs and um, it's kind of evolved over the years, but that was the genesis. And then fast forward now we do a lot of weddings and corporate events and we obviously have Kayleen helping with direct all the production. We have um, Kelsey, who's also wonderful on our team, who's doing like client service management. So when people come in, she takes them up to the contract point and develops the menu with them before passing it off to Kayleen. Um, And it's just kind of wild. And it's been a wild year and a half with the pandemic, obviously with everyone and then having an events company. It's just been a lot of navigating that. And I moved to Los Angeles in October, which it still feels weird to say. And um, I'm expanding and growing the company out here. And it's just been incredibly cool that my house is absolutely bigger than me and not even really related to me anymore. Like there's just like everyone has it running in New Orleans and doing such a kick-ass job. And it's been super cool to see like the community created around it and like the awesome people that are involved in it and I'm excited to like set that's wild honestly it's like that founder well. story it's not, it's like one of those like it's like a unicorn yeah. story it sounds fake you're like you're like like what like so I have a question about like the jump from so you had your corporate gig so yeah. you were like, okay, I like this. So then how did you pivot from there? Like, was it yeah. a pretty quick thing where you're like, okay, yeah, like we can do this. Let's go. Did you start pitching? Was it word of mouth? How did you grow in that aspect? Great question. I think I've always been a yeah. natural, I mean, as we talk about Virgo season, I feel like people are always like, oh yeah, you're such a Virgo. But yeah, I've, I've always been like a big picture person who like I can kind of see the details, but I can like kind of be like, okay, we need to get to over there and these are like the pieces. And so I immediately was like, most event planners in Louisiana are middle-aged white women who like want to be in the know, but just aren't. And so I kind of honed in on that and I was like, what can we offer them that's not happening anymore? And how can we make sure that it's a small city? We obviously don't want to be like, we want to be good competitors. What can we do that like other caterers and people like will be like, oh, this makes sense. And we can work alongside these people that are already established in the business because New Orleans is a huge convention city and it's a very deep rooted, like kind of old school world. And I was very cognizant of being a transplant. Um, and being in a space that like was pretty established. So I kind of immediately from there was focused on food trucks since that wasn't really happening. And I saw that where we did this event, um, there was the Audubon Center. They had a huge events team. 
So I kind of just started piecing together and doing some Googling and like trying to really just research and understand like how do people get hired for these events. And I discovered the concept of DMCs, which is destination management companies. And there were only like five in the city and they're basically the people that put together when a huge tour is coming in a convention, they go through them and they broker out all the different vendors. And I kind of like faked it till I made it. Like I set up tastings. I was friend I was working on food trucks at the time. So I would be like, hey, let's would you I'll pay you guys to come to this office of these event planners and can we like give them a rate buzz and just tell them about what we do. And really just like started doing research and like started reaching out to people. I asked other caterers in New Orleans like more about what they would usually do, which is you need a sample menu and a deck. And just started putting it together. Um, didn't really know how I was going to charge, but from the beginning really cared about being mission-based. So I was like, what can I do to make sure that food trucks and chefs like will always work with us? And it was just like figure out a way to build the business around never charging them. So from the beginning, we've never charged any of the food vendors we work with. We just add a percentage on to the end client. So... Yeah, just always, I and reading obsessively about business books um, and podcasts and never being afraid to, like, ask questions and kind of relentless. Like, if there was, New Orleans is a great place to do it because it's not as intimidating. Like, if there was a big business person in New Orleans, I would find them on LinkedIn and message them and ask them to meet me for coffee. And, yeah, just, like, kind of kept, like, paving the way. I'm really, like, serious about, like, where do you want to be in a few years and then creating, like, a one-year plan from there and breaking it down month for month. And that was, like, something that really helped me. Uh, How did – so Danielle was, like, the first person to join you. What did that look like? Like, when did you know that you were ready to, like, bring more people in to help you? Like, and what did that – was that like something that you like knew immediately or did it take a while to get comfortable with good. that idea? Yeah. Really good question. I mean, Kayleen knows this probably more than anyone. Kayleen probably at this point works more with Danielle than I do. And Danielle and I are legitimately black <laughs> and white, could not be more different as humans. <laughs> and I think that something that I've always been good at is knowing my weaknesses and not being afraid to ask for help. And immediately, like, I saw that Danielle did all of these things that I could never do. And I was very actually almost overly open with sharing the business and wanting to get her involved. Like, I was almost just like, Danielle, like, please, like, do all these things. And, like, let's, like, I always wanted to push forward and, like, and she's always, like, a little bit more, like, slow your roll. Let's take it a little slower. Like, let's get And you're like, quit your job. Work. Let's do this, (laughs) baby. job. Like, I'm, like... (laughs) Hey, how much is it's, your job paying? Oh, I was I'll like, you, I was trying to convince her to quit her job for like five years. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, she she was she <laughs> basically, and she was always like, Barry, you literally can't afford me, and I was like, Yeah, you're totally right, I can't. Um, and she was like, You're. I was like 21 when we met, so she was just like, Take it slow. Like it's good to have other jobs and have other skill sets and like get to know the scene more and. Um, I would say with Danielle, it was a process. Like, I was a little hesitant to let her in in some aspects because the relationships were mine, and I cared a lot about the relationships I had with chefs. And I 
was a little bit like especially since she had a full-time job that was like kind of the biggest hurdle for us to get over in the beginning like I was like I'm risking it all and doing this full-time and you have a full-time job and are doing it on the side why would I give you like a ton of equity in the business and she just like was really patient with me and knew it was my baby and we kind of like worked together to talk about a situation that worked best for us in the beginning she was really um into bringing weddings into the business and I was really hesitant I was just like I don't know if I even believe in the concept of marriage I think it's bullshit people spend a ton of money on these events and she was like Barry this could be a really big revenue stream for the chefs and like we can do this really well and that was how we started out our partnership is like her getting a percentage of the profit from the weddings that she brought in and she just took that and ran with it um and I think to like really answer Kayleen's question about what it took to really bring it to the next level was honestly working for people that I didn't love and being somewhere that I wasn't that into it and that was kind of like the nail on the head of like okay if these people can do this if I can manage this thing under someone else's paycheck, I can take this more seriously. And when I finally like wrapped my head around spending money to make money and like spending money on branding, not doing the Instagram on my own, like kind of letting go of some of that stuff and being more serious about like defining our mission and values and like being more serious with myself, which meant being more serious with Danielle. Um, and really understanding, you know, it's the if you build it, they will come. Or it's the same with, like, I always tell people business is, like, personal relationships. And it's, like, the more in touch you are with yourself, the more you're going to, like, know what you want from other people and what your needs are. And so when that finally clicked um, is when I took everything full time and things, like, started to grow a lot more exponentially. That was in 20. Um, 15, mm-hmm. 2016. So like wow. three or four years yeah. after starting. It's not all an overnight. Yeah. It's like what, yeah, it's like it takes, it takes years to be an overnight success. <laughs> exactly. That's like me and my partner have been listening to um, Outliers on audio tape. And it's like, everyone will say stuff like Bill Gates, he was just amazing. And it's like, well, actually he had the first access to the computer system. He was like, in the neighborhood where computers were invented and he was like from a wealthy family and he actually worked on this for over 10 years before other people did and it's like 10 years they say is actually yeah. like yeah when you start to I mean, really know yeah. your craft I'm at 5 like, years it's like a proven with my business and I feel like the first few years I was like holy shit people are paying me like I was like I don't I have no idea what I'm doing I'm just like winging it and the amount of people uh-huh. I talk to that are just like that are winging uh-huh. it and they're they're just like yeah then it just I don't know and then but yeah. it's I I really resonate with the like like when you take things seriously and you're like, okay, what is my brand? What are my values? How can other people be involved in it? I think it's almost kind of like by de facto almost like it's like other people are invested in it. And it's, I, I don't know what it is subliminal. Maybe it's just like, it, it needs to work. You know, <laughs> it's something else you've changed. Yeah. It, it's you know yeah I mean momentum momentum's kind of everything it's like when you first start to build a snowball it's kind of crappy mm-hmm. and uh, like really hard to make that little ball but then once you get it big you know it's like oh you just keep rolling it mm-hmm. and it keeps growing and growing I think the hardest part is always the starting yeah. and like that is why most people 
it's 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 risky and it's like yeah we're we're big uh, proponents on this podcast of start start before you're ready like start yeah start messy like yeah just do it and figure it out um yeah and it all evolves like when i tell that story of Mm -hmm. how it started like that has honestly not much Mm -hmm. to do with what our company is today like it's a Um, very different concept so for Uh, somebody so we have like a decent amount of listeners who uh are not entrepreneurs but are interested in it not really like what not advice per se but what do you think people should be prepared for um to like make that leap and to to actually like dive dive into it Probably just full time or as a probably just to start something you're passionate about. Yeah. I think like like everything in life, like if you don't think of it as like a task or a burden, but you think of it as like just a fun outlet, like you start something because you love it and you're passionate about it. So if you just think of it as like sharing that passion with people and like getting to do something you love that like great, almost like an extra bonus if I get paid to do this, you know, Um, I think that's like just shifting your perspective of what it even means like I think especially if you're like not in a conventional traditional world like with your friends with your lifestyle you like think of entrepreneur business owner as like oh well that's for like a totally different type of person or like you have like this idea of what that means but if you really think of it as just like being passionate about something and building a community and like growing your own self-confidence and self-worth. I think that's like another way to look at it. There's something about the word like business owner or entrepreneur that doesn't resonate with a lot of people. But I think when you strip it down, it really is just like sharing what you love with people and like building confidence Mm -hmm. because you see when you put it out there, you find people to support you in that. Um, let's see. Can you talk a little bit more about, like, what the last year has been like and, like, how, to, like, about, I don't know, how to stay <laughs> yeah. afloat and stay, I feel like, I don't know, from watching you kind of, like, pivot and figure out ways to stay, your your life and also just, My like, whole life. how to deal, how to keep a, an events business afloat when we legally couldn't have events for a big chunk of that like well and it sounds like you also expanded during this whole time like Mm -hmm. it's that also sounds fake like yeah yeah Yeah. which is why um (laughs) i know i know it really does i mean a it does come back down to like making sure that you have people around you that like you support each other and see each other's visions and life and like you have someone who when like is good at the things you aren't good at so like I almost get emotional talking about it but like Danielle has just been honestly like I think the reason for a lot of this to be honest like not to not give myself credit because I do think I'm a creative go-getter that like is constantly keeping us going in a lot of ways but like Danielle having the financial wherewithal to navigate the system has been huge. Like, I think that we, we were very 
privileged and like lucky and timing was right to have access to all of the government stimulus loans that were out there for small business owners at the time. And like none of this would be able to happen without that. So that 100%. And then I think the last year has been a crazy, crazy shit show for everyone. But I still remember the day that I was in the office, which we had an office, we no longer do, March 2019. We were about to have a crazy mm-hmm. wedding season, the most we had ever had. And we have, you know, we do a lot of destination weddings, so New Yorkers and Californians. And they started emailing about COVID. And I, like, honestly, I felt ignorant, but, like, had, it hadn't been on my radar really at all. And I remember just being like, whoa. I just had like a sinking feeling in my heart that something was going to happen and all of a sudden emails started flooding in and I remember us having this emergency team meeting at my house and we got out of Blackboard and I remember something I'm still really proud of is how we dealt with that as a team is I immediately thought like we should talk about money and talk about like how we're going to handle this before things get like alarmist and ugly and like people are incredibly emotional so like weeks before any event planning company i knew of did this we sent out an email to all of our clients that we personalized and we like basically gave a rundown of how we were going to handle it and we said here's the nitty-gritty of what what it's going to look like with your deposit because we knew like if we if people started canceling and we lost our deposit we would like lose our company probably in two seconds so that was how everything started off. We were able to postpone people to like last October. Yeah, I'm 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 working on weddings yeah. now that have been rescheduled po- like three or four times. <laughs> yeah, Kay- Kay- Kayleen's like talking like I see these names and I'm like, oh, yes. I had a tasting with them in 2018. <laughs> like I can't believe they're still around and wanting to do this. Yeah. And thank you to them, they have saved us. They're amazing human beings. But um. So when that all happened, um, that was like an emotional thing where I felt like I was in this flight or fight thing and I was just like fighting nonstop, like kind of on an adrenaline rush. And I remember calling all of these people and having some amazing clients that also having some really ugly conversations all in between. And at the same time, my um, eight year relationship was kind of starting to go downhill and um, we were really seeing the brunt of that in the pandemic and like a lot of people like things were coming up. So I kind of went through like losing my company and then um, a breakup that was really significant. Like I was in this relationship all of my 20s and um, the flight or fight thing kicked in again. And within nine days of that breakup, I got in the car with the dog that I had gained full custody over and um, just hit the road and started driving. And I think my subconscious like took a big part in this of like, I had been kind of setting the seeds for building the business in LA and nationally for a few years. And I've been kind of more and more into hiking and nature stuff um, for a long time. And so I kind of just like knew, wow, maybe I'm going to move to LA and start the business, but dealt with it on this more like day by day, like just do this road trip. I stopped actually in Colorado and Telluride for two and a half months and gave myself time to heal and process. And Danielle was just like such a good life, non-romantic partner. Like she just, both of us were like, figure out and do what's best for your personal life. And we will figure out the business stuff after. 
And so that kind of just kept me going, like knowing that that was secure and that she supported me making this move. Um, I, I, again, big picture thinker, I always like had Kayleen in my mind as taking on a bigger role with the company. Catherine, who was in Kayleen's position beforehand, was getting, she's amazing and had been with us since the start of the company, but it was kind of like a natural time for her to go both on her end and on our end. Um, I actually kind of convinced her to go into real estate and she's very happily doing that right now because she hated working nights and weekends and it's just not the right position for some, like it's a, it's a weekend job. And, um, yeah, so I guess like I kept myself afloat by just trying to focus on the present um, being very, like, I'm a, I'm a very, like, task-oriented person, so almost telling myself that focusing on myself and healing was the task at hand, um, letting myself ignore the business for a while, um, and being okay with not being in a creative moment, not being in, like, I, I really wasn't focused yeah. on the business for We talk a, a lot about mm-hmm. periods, of, re- of, periods and, of rest, periods um, of rest. Um, but I also, yeah. I have to say, like, yeah. I, from my yeah. perspective, so, like, for context, um, at, during the time of the pandemic, I was, like, I had a full-time job not related to my house events. I was just doing, like, day of stuff. I would I was starting to get more in, in the big picture um, aspect. But I was really just, like, I showed up when you told me to with a clipboard um, during busy season. And yep. so I remember the phone <laughs> call, like, when, uh, yep. of, like, you were, like, yeah, we're, we've got to stop every, We're going into, like, emergency mode. And, like, but from my perspective as being kind of on the outside for a while was that you guys were putting a lot of effort, even as everything was shut down, into, like, making sure that chefs were still being taken care of, like, guiding, like, putting it forward, like, paying yes. it forward to people um, and making sure that, like, no one got left behind um, in this yeah. Uh, yeah. And like that you had that con- you job. also got a contract with the city like um we Kayleen's so right. I feel like I've, like, blacked out the last year, and I'm like, I didn't do anything. And I'm like, no, we actually started doing mass government feeding programs, and we we were on a lot of webinars and making sure that the chefs were taking advantage and had, like, knew how to navigate all the loan stuff in the same way that we were figuring it out. Our community really did It was like, no, you, I mean, you may have been focused on yourselves, but, on yourself, but, like, you took care of a lot of people. I mean, like, I feel like a, I feel like a lot... I feel like we probably uh, wouldn't see as many vendors coming back right now if it weren't for the fact that, like, you and Danielle, like, shepherded people through the process who may not have been able to, like, navigate the red uh, tape of government mm-hmm. funding. Um, yeah. 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 No, you're right. We were – and we I, – I must say I think – we did a very good job making sure, like, we, we kept on our full-time employees for as long as we possibly could. And even when we, like, Kelsey yeah. never actually stopped working for us. We, we were really, really transparent about our financials. We always are. And just making sure we were, like... If we have if we have the money to do it and we can right. figure it out, we're absolutely. We're Kayleen's really good at that. Yeah. Kayleen's so good at that. Yeah. You're just yeah. like, yeah, I don't know. And she's like, all Thanks. right, Thanks. you did this. <laughs> you fed people. You gave them legal <laughs> advice, like accounting <laughs> advice. Yeah. <laughs> You're just like, whoa. And I remember, I remember you like you reaching out to me at certain points and being like, hey, if we can, if we get this contract 
are you available for work? Like, you know, that kind of stuff throughout the whole thing. And then as soon as it was like things are yeah. going to come back, I got a phone call being like, you ready to hop on? Yeah, like. You're right. <laughs> yeah. This is so good for me to yeah. hear. Like, it, well, I, for, it was, I forgot all of this. It still is a crazy time. Like, we don't. We don't know what things are going to look like six months from now. We don't even know what things are going to look like a month from now, um, which is wild. So we just kind of have to take it as it it comes. We really do. And I'm in, I'm back at feeling like passionate and ready to grow. I'm so excited to see what comes out of LA because it's like a completely different market. I'm so excited, but it it is, it's weird. I'm almost holding myself back, you know, because of how we don't know where things are going to go. And it's just like, it's like a, do we push the gas pedal or like, do we not? It's yeah, yeah, soft. But yeah. Okay. So pivot a little bit. Um, I know that you're like super passionate about female entrepreneurship and like, can you talk a little one? Can you talk a little bit, something that I don't think even we've really delved into too much is like, what it's like to be a like what it's like to be a woman in business or even a queer person in business which i know we've kind of talked about like offline about like queerness and like our relationships to that yeah. <laughs> in what is like traditionally i mean events not so yeah. much but like the restaurant industry very much like a white man space traditionally in terms of like not necessarily in terms yes. of who's doing the work very but who's much. the face of things and who's in charge yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, I mean, so many things. I feel like being a female-owned business owner is almost like a like way to navigate the world to like be a stronger woman in society because it does a lot of forcing you to like ask for what you want. All these things that we're kind of um, conditioned to not do. And I think being a business owner and identifying as female is like constantly pushing you to be just like a stronger overall woman. Um, I constantly, no one assumes that I own the business, especially being out in LA again and again, people like think I've been like hired to start this. And also having like a gender neutral name when I'm emailing with people, they always, when I show up looking kind of young, um, and having the name Barry, they'll like look at someone else and be like, oh, wait, you're Barry? And I'm like, yes. <laughs> um, and I don't know. I think it's been, um, it's something that I really enjoy, like surprising people, you know? Like, I think because I'm like a nice Midwestern girl who's like really friendly, people get constantly surprised that I can be like a badass businesswoman who's not afraid to like ask for money. So I really like that aspect of it. I think that it's, you know, it's challenging, um, especially like working with chefs, um, working with males um, on all sides of the business. Like we a lot of times are the ones that contract with the chefs and kind of are. Yeah. And there's a lot of ego in restaurants if, when we do for anyone events. who maybe maybe doesn't know that there's a, a lot, lot of ego. ego. A lot of ego. And I just feel like constantly killing people with kindness and surprising people is how I've navigated it. And, like, if they, um, if anyone kind of insults me or talks down to me or tries to, like, I hate when men try to explain things to me without asking, which happens all the time um, with business. So what's your reaction to that? Like, where is your, you know, um, 
customer service sales, like, you know, versus like, I, I, no, feel, I feel like Kinky <laughs> Leans, maybe, I don't know if you've seen me in this mode, but I'm pretty good at like, almost like, be, they be, I'm warm, and I feel buddy-buddy with people, so I'm able to almost like, as a friend, like, kind of make jokes with them about how that's inappropriate, and kind of like, tell them that I disagree, or just like, show them how much knowledge I have, and that I like, have like, power in some way, shape, or form, and they kind of usually back mm-hmm. down. And I've gotten a lot better and a thicker skin at, like, if I do feel uncomfortable or something's inappropriate, just, like, saying it. Yeah, and Mm -hmm. in a way that's not rude, it's not discounting them, it's not trying to close the conversation, just being like, well, that might be one way that you look at it, or thanks for explaining that, but that's definitely something I already know. Or, you know. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. I I feel like that's something I can be very... Not, I want to, I want to be, I want better people skills than that. Cause like, I'm, I, I, I can just be a dick. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's super, it's super easy to, and I think that is totally okay. I personally, I think especially yeah. like with the political, obviously like the polarization that continues to be more and more with politics. I'm just like trying to constantly tell myself like you cannot change anyone's mind or way unless they respect you and to get people to respect you you have Ooh, to that's a them. tall order sometimes <laughs> <laughs> it is it really is and that doesn't mean you always have to do it and sometimes like danielle and i have both gotten a lot better if someone is just a straight up asshole and doesn't align with yeah. our business or our values we just don't work with them we're right. just like we, we, we we're no longer yeah. in this hustle stage and like if we if we don't need to work yeah. with you and are yeah. like we're not aligned, we won't work with you. That's like the John Waters um, quote of success is like just not uh, working yeah. with assholes. And yeah, it's pretty much it's pretty much true. Like, with clients too. We've had some clients that were like they're not. Which yeah, I mean that's something I've noticed and always usually. appreciate because mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. have worked as a like when I was working as a venue coordinator. You don't necessarily have that. I also would work at venue coordinators that had like cheap that were cheap so they attract cheap people which always always want to take up always, the most of yeah. your time and energy um way more than the people that are willing to sign a big check um but like mm-hmm. uh, yeah yeah i feel like the process of that my house events has really filters down clients so that we work with awesome people definitely which is really nice um, yeah, yeah, I've had the chance. I've really had the chance it, the last couple of, of weeks air. because, like, Kelsey's been on vacation as I've been being able to do some more of her job, which is like and going on tastings and meeting people. Like, I love it. I I I, favorite, I was like really nervous about job. it, but I yeah. like I love it. I had it was such a fun thing is to like go and chat it's with so these couples and learn about them more because like before I would just like show up and meet them the day of and not really have a relationship. Yeah, and then, like, but now it's, Whoa. like, getting, being <laughs> yeah. more a part of the process has been really fun. Um, but, yeah, I feel like I feel like my house has That's very awesome. specific branding and then very specific onboarding processes that, like, really filter it down to, like, dream clients. Exactly. And I feel like we've done that with, like, mm-hmm. who we business partner, what venues we work with, too. And, like, if people, you know, obviously, like, if you're not interested in our mission, then you're not going to be as interested in our brand. Right. And you're not going to want to work with us and you don't even yeah. reach out. Leading with mission first. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Leading with mission first, yeah. yeah. But I've definitely been the only woman in lots of rooms, and I just kind of like speak up, try to be com- exude confidence, yeah. and awesome, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, punch a wall, like, on my own in a, yeah. in a corner. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, Barry, do you have no, any No, I think we are ready to go to bro book review. Ooh. No, I mean, mostly just, like, I, I encourage people if you're trying to start anything or just have something you love, like, just put it out there, you know? Like, even start, like, don't be afraid to if your friends have the means, like, charge them, you know, like, test it out. People want to support people, and, like, the more specific you can get with how they can support you, like, it, it, it's a really encouraging thing, like, once you start building that confidence, awesome. I think all right, it all comes it's time a for a bro book review. What are we, what, is, what are we, li- uh, cool. hearing about today, Anna? Bro Book Reviews. I read a bro book every week so you don't have to. All right. So Kayleen's going to help me on this one because this is actually a recommendation from her. Like, honestly, when did you recommend this to me? Like five years ago? (laughs) I think right Probably, yeah, yeah, probably around the time Um, when we first met. So You Are a Badass by Jen Cesaro. Which might... Yeah, I was like, might not be a bro book. I think it's yeah. more like a girl boss book, actually, if we're talking about the different type of entrepreneur. Um, but yeah, it's You Are a Badass, How to Stop Doubting Your Greatness and Start Living an Awesome Life. And I, uh, this was the first personal development book I Ooh. ever read that I, fin- that I like actually read and and then and also enjoyed. Um, I feel... Jen She's Sincero. gone on and done like three others like you are a badass at making money you're a badass at like making habits um it's turned into like this whole thing um and the thing yeah I feel that stands out with this book and honestly maybe it's just a femme voice it has this air of playfulness to it that's just quite different like a lot of these books that we are reviewing it's very grind hustle 5 a.m fasting, drinking water, getting bumped up in the gym, you know? So this is just like a lot more gentle. And I feel like the overall vibe is just like, have fun with it. Like get yourself in the the high vibrations and just, it's definitely more um, intuitive, definitely more following your gut, following what feels good. And then, I mean, it's also having having the habits to support it. Um, I think this is a good one. Like it just, it's kind of like a feel good novel or not novel, but book because it's just, it's, it's pretty, you know, she starts to talk about like practicality of things, um, which I love to talk about because she's like, what's practical about like where we are. Like you can manifest like a life that you want if you just give yourself a shot. Um, yeah it's also it's kind of about like taking responsibility for where you're at like if you're unhappy in your life like look at where why and Mm -hmm. what part you have to play in that and and once you recognize that you can start seeing Mm -hmm. what you what you need to do to change it 
It's very much about mindset. Honestly, like like I said, I like mm-hmm. this book. It's still on my bookshelf. It's gone. It's survived many um, book purges of my collection. And it's, um, it's, I feel like it's there. <laughs> it doesn't actually say anything new in terms of business or personal development, but it says it in a, it packages it in a way that's like not intimidating, not, like you said, not hyper-masculine. It's like, it, it's fun. And it also is empowering, like it's encouraging as opposed to like, are you a piece of shit? (laughs) Here's how to fix it. Take a cold bath every morning. I don't know. Like Tony Robbins. So yeah, I mean, and I feel like this is, this is almost, this book is almost hitting its 10 year. It looks like it was published April 23rd, 2013. And I feel like since this book has come out we've seen so many self-development like through like the online sphere via podcasts via um publishing um but i feel like this is kind of like a a, i I feel like this book also like jen sincero and like mel robbins were really some of the first few femmes who were like on the self-development, like, post-Y2K. Yeah, I feel like this also really kicked off the, like, uh, trend of, like, business or personal development books with a bad word in the title. (laughs) Work hard, but relatable, bitch. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, so I actually personally would say um, that if you you, you actually could read this one, well, like, you know what? You I I've read all of them. We'll so. describe it to you. Yeah. You know, usually we say that this is the we. You know, Anna reads a book, so you don't have you to. Read but it. I would say read this one. Yeah, it's, it's, it's good, good on it's audio quick. too. She's uh, like, any audio listeners. Yeah. Go for it. Yeah, it's also it's really good. I think I don't know. I read this book when I was like oh, at a cool. really low place, and it really helped me. Um, kind of like get back into touch like help help me get my confidence back up and start to see like my get more in touch with like what my dreams and goals were in a very Mm -hmm. like accessible way um so yeah it's a good yeah it's like some vitamins if you need Mm -hmm. it if you need a little bit of a bump that's important yeah yeah all right Cool. Um, so, Barry, do you have anything to plug? Like, where can we follow you? Like, where can we follow you? What should we follow? Do you have anything coming up? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so follow at my house events, www.myhouseevents.com. Um, and I have yeah. started, as we talk about gaining confidence. Mm to start a side hustle. Mm. I have started myself private chefing and doing meal prep in LA and I'm calling that the saucy yeah. table. I'm so, so excited. It's kind of like this new I'm little so sister company. I'm so excited to see all the stuff that you make and I'm like, so can't wait till she's back in New Orleans and cooking for us. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's so exciting. I can't wait. I'm going to yeah. cook a big Very team exciting. dinner and Anna, if you're in town, you're definitely invited. <laughs> cool. And then um, I will say, um, if you guys haven't done this yet in the book club, one to check uh-huh. out that I'm obsessed with and that we, because we did at my house, like, team book club um, back in the day that I want to get started again. But Zingerman's Deli is, like, the first worker-owned co-op, and they have um, a series of books all about, like, 
being transparent with your finances and how to nice. live out your best mission statement and values Definitely. and it's like more yeah. equity based oh. and it's also right. really good business books. awesome yeah yeah well we're, yeah yeah we're gonna cool. do our little this bumps. is great um, thanks I'm, guys so thanks you so can much follow for having me, me at uh swamp witch with four eyes on instagram or at candles unincorporated we've got some exciting news coming for the candles for the holiday season very soon so even if you're not in new orleans you should probably follow it because there might be some goodies um coming for you cool. soon you can follow me on instagram yeah. and tiktok at uh the dot fake guru or fakeguru.me for uh the website and then also feel free to leave us a review on apple i don't know if spotify does it i don't really hang out over there Spotify doesn't do reviews, but if you can, if you follow us on Spotify, that helps. If you subscribe on Apple, give us a five-star review and uh, a five-star rating and a review. That's always great. We also have a Ko-Fi that we are linked to on our Instagram. If you want to throw, she wants a coffee. I want a boat. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, have a gay day, everybody. Have a gay day. Yeah. 